1: and welcome back to the Rotoviz best best ball podcast on road radio my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtomarlin. marlin i'm joined by my co-host for the best ball series it is zachary kruger make sure you're checking him out on twitter at zk underscore FFB. we've been running the series throughout the off season we've done a couple of drafts over recent weeks we had a draft with myself and uh, myself and sean siegel zach did a show with sean siegel a couple of drafts in there so you can get a feel for what we're doing while we're on the clock but we also had our own series of shows and including those draft shows uh, Zach we're pretty close I think to around 20 shows so at the start we had anticipated maybe 14-15 so we've uh, got a good uh, series going here so hopefully the listeners have enjoyed it we're going to be rounding it out now over the next couple of weeks uh, probably over the next week and a half as uh, obviously we start to then move towards end season uh, season long leagues and so on um, but of course best ball still in full flow i'm really enjoying it it's one of those times of the year where i i don't want it to end i just wish we could stick in that kind of uh, july <laughs> time frame all, all all year long but uh we're ready here zach we're going to dive into one i'll hold my hands up we did the wide receiver kicker and defense show uh probably i think it was episode six or seven and um somebody sent a, a tweet in and said um what, what's up here guys the uh, the show is is not the correct show and when I went back to look for the actual audio, I had uh, saved over the original audio. Um, so I had two MP3 files, both for the wrong show. So um, <laughs> that meant we were one show down from that part. And then um, this is what we're doing today. We are redoing that. We are going to share it with you. So hopefully no uh, technical issues after we finish up today. But Zach, I'm looking forward to, to this one.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, we had a good time recording it the first time, so why don't we run it back for a second time? I was actually going to ask you, um, before we start recording, how we were going to tackle this. We were going to talk about it as if it was something that was missed, or just play it like it was you know, planned to come out like this. But here we are, we're ready to re-record it. Uh, you know, These kind of things happen, so we're happy to do this again, make sure the listeners get the correct stuff. And uh, let's talk some, some uh, wide receivers, some kickers, some defenses here, uh, ready to do it with you.
1: Yeah, so uh, maybe if maybe uh, like I'm doing podcasts now, I think this might be the eighth, eighth year, so it's going on a while. So at the start, I would have been like, "Yeah, let's not admit that we did that." But sometimes I like to peel back the curtains. Now these things happen; it happens from time to time when we're pumping out on on uh, radio. We're pumping out you know hundreds of podcasts uh, every single year, probably in the range of uh, four to five hundred. So there's going to be some things that uh, probably slip slip through the cracks, right? But, uh, looking forward to this so uh, we are going to cover wide receiver best ball strategies along with how you should approach drafting kickers and defense to win those leagues in 2021 people overlook exactly how important it is with kickers and defense particularly if you're playing in some of the deeper leagues like the ffpc kind of classic format with 28 rounds so we're going to we're going to dive into that in the second half of the show but we're going to talk about the wide receivers in the first half of the show so when we start off zach what should we be doing with our wide receiver position?
2: Yeah, so um, one of the things that I had mentioned when we were putting these show notes together, I had actually pulled one of Sean's articles that was recent at the time. It's not now, but it's going to be recent for this current uh, conversation here, which was an article that Sean had published back in May. It was titled, Why Wide, Rece- Why wide Receiver Depth, functions differently for zero RB and robust RB and not in the way that you would think. Um, he used a snapshot during in this article of wide receiver positional heat map, which you can find in the Best Ball Win Rate Explorer, where he looked at historical win rates dating back from 2015 that indicate that by the sixth round, wide receiver win rates are taking a massive hit. So when we're looking to put together our teams and we're looking to consider how we're going to base our structure for our drafts, looking at something like the positional heat map is something that um, is that we should be considering and bearing in mind while we're making our picks. These are um, this map is stretched over a handful of years of data that have shown us um, successful pockets uh, for taking wide receivers and then other areas where we should maybe consider um, not drafting them and pivoting elsewhere, either maybe to a quarterback, maybe a tight end, or, or even running back. Um, I know I just covered all the positions there, but that's what we're essentially looking to do is, is find other areas where we're not going to be taking these running backs or, or these wide receivers that are going to be giving us these low win rates. Um, for the majority of the series, uh, Column, you and I have been focusing on FFPC drafts. So if you take a look at the positional heat map for FFPC ball drafts, we get data dating back to 2017, and we can see that much of the same Um, for the FFPC is the same as what we saw in Sean's article where his um, heat map had come for best ball tens. We see that a lot of the same still sticks in the FFPC. In this case, wide receiver win rates still look pretty good in the sixth round, um, but then they start to take a dive around round seven, and they don't look really solid until rounds 12 or 13. Um, So this gives us a lot of rounds where we consider pivoting elsewhere to hopefully strengthen our rosters um, and Perhaps uncoincidentally, this also coincides with what we like here, Rotoviz, which is a zero RB approach, pivoting off of those wide receivers after those you know early middle-ish rounds before round 10 and starting focusing maybe on either a first quarterback or first running back to start strengthening a roster that we've already loaded at the top with wide receivers and maybe even a tight end
1: yeah when we look at it and obviously Sean's done a lot of work the guy the guys on the road of his team have done a lot of work in this over the years if you're listening to the road of his overtime podcast or the ceiling bananas podcast and Sean's on there you'll hear him talking about these as well but there's always a lot of talk about how deep wide receiver is and how much depth there is what we see kind of year on year on year is It's really important in those opening six rounds to hit the wide receiver position pretty much as hard as you can because there is a drop-off then. And while there will be wide receivers in those ranges that hit, it's a bit like when we talk about the running back dead zone, you're going to have some running backs in there that have phenomenal seasons. But in general, that zone is where the running backs are going to fall down. Well, when we look from kind of round seven through 13, we're going to see kind of a wide receiver dead zone there. And that's where taking those wide receivers early is going to be beneficial for you. Win that race to the flex, and then be able to fill it in. Particularly when you're playing at the FFPC, where you can play the additional wide receivers. You mentioned pivoting to other positions. Obviously, the something that I'm looking into this year is potentially that uh, quarterback. You know, a little bit earlier. But the more and more that I've gone through the the season, the more I've kind of drifted away from that. Taking a quarterback in the fifth round with one of the elite quarterbacks kind of lean back from that and continue to go with the wide receivers because the bills that are coming out with the wide receivers in that fifth round are turning out to be better overall and throughout the offseason the more of these drafts you do the more familiar you'll get with those landing spots of where the wide receivers will go where the running backs will go and basically it is when we're looking at it the opposite of what we talk about with getting those wide receivers in those opening rounds is what we see then with avoiding those wide receivers and not necessarily just straight out avoiding them but between round seven and round 12 and then if you don't take that early uh, quarterback we know about the quarterback window all the way up kind of from round 11 12 so we're going to be kind of trying to fill that in as well so if if you are looking uh, at those wide receivers you may think they're deep have a have a look again uh we'll be talking in one of these upcoming episodes as well but reverse engineering drafts that's another way where you'll see where those gaps maybe in the market are the other problem you get into with wide receivers in those ranges is that there will be less wide receivers so if you miss the one guy that you like in that year or the two guys you like and Round say, nine, that's going to leave you in a hole then. So you need to be able to make that pivot. So when we look at it, it does fit very much in with the zero RB and the modified zero RB approach. We aren't trying to fit these results to show the data positively for us for those approaches that we like and that we find favorable. The reason we like those approaches is because, that's what the data shows, and that's what we've been working on for such a long time. Uh, that's what Sean's been talking about, and um, I think 2021 is going to be another year where that's going to show very, very strong for us.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely, I, I agree with you there. Uh, we were talking a little bit about um, on the on the on previous episodes the roster construction explorer as well, and. Uh, One thing that I had just noted, um, if you don't apply any filters, which if you've been in the Roster Construction Explorer before, you know that there are a variety of filters that you can apply to kind of cater them towards the builds that you're putting together. So you can plug in something like, I want to know what teams look like with four quarterbacks or something like that. Um, But if you don't apply any filters in the Roster Construction Explorer and we set um, the Roster Construction Explorer to have um, a wide receiver three on our team before the sixth round, um, we get a total win rate for that um, of 8.2 percent which is basically average um, it's it's very slightly below average but then if you look at specific builds that are building out teams with that in mind with trying to draft a wide receiver before or a wide receiver three before round six so basically three wide receivers by round five if you look at those teams and you see builds that have anywhere from six to nine wide receivers while taking a wide receiver three in the first five rounds, you get win rates that are all well above average. Um, and some of these are the more ideal number of wide receivers we would want to be drafting anyways. Um, now we're going to talk a little bit about filters later on and how we can also boost our win rates um, with this idea in mind of taking wide receivers early. But it is important to keep in mind that these win rates, like you said, they're data that exists. It's things that we're looking at. We're realizing that they are optimal Builds in terms of the number of wide receivers that we take, and then also putting other positions with that number or with those within those builds that can make these win rates rather strong. So we're we're using the tools that we have. Uh, yes, some of this stuff certainly does prop up zero RB, but when all you're doing is plugging in the data and looking at what's returned to you, you can kind of understand why we prefer the some of these approaches that we do.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all.
3: I mentioned at the start of the show
1: that, you know, an advantage I think that a lot of people miss out on. I think the reason it is an advantage to us, Zach, is that people do miss out on it. And that's just how to approach kickers and defense when it comes to baseball. Particularly we're speaking here basically about the twenty-eight round FFPC classic format, and that is League that I tend to play the highest volume of mine, and now obviously now we've moved into the FFPC having the slim version. There is the best ball uh, tournament this year over the FFPC in the slim format. So that is something I am enjoying as well. And sometimes it is nice to not have to think about kickers and the defense. But the one thing that I tend to notice is when we draft in those deeper leagues with the twenty-eight players uh, to be selected. Some people may not be fully familiar with the format, and sometimes you're in those leagues and. Somebody is not drafting a kicker at all to maybe the last couple of rounds. Maybe there's no defenses and they forget how important that is. It is like having you know additional players. And that I know it sounds silly. They are additional components of your team. But on those bye weeks, on those weeks where maybe there's a defense that just goes off, maybe there's a kicker who, who goes off, those weeks where you can put 12 points into your lineup pretty much every single week for the kicker position, for example, over the course of that best ball season is going to prop that team up quite a bit where if you go for two later kickers and then one of them gets hurt and one of them gets cut you're sitting with a zero every single week so it is very important to think about how to draft them obviously it's you know one of the things that has and i'm guilty of this saying about not having kickers and defenses and season-long leagues and other formats but the advantage of this in the ffpc is other people feel exactly that way but don't pay attention to how many you should have or how many you should try and draft and where to draft them, where's the window to draft them. You don't necessarily want to be the first person taking them, but you definitely don't want to be the last person taking them. So if we look at the roster construction explorer, Zach, what is that telling us that we should be doing with the kicker and defense position?
2: Yeah, so you, you did bring up the point that sometimes it's nice to not have to worry about the positions, but it, it is also a case of being able to realize that there still exists a little bit of an edge in some of these drafts, when drafting these positions and having them at your disposal, um, I know there's been a couple articles done as well by Sean talking about just how big of a boost some of these positions that have uh, some have been discarded by some of the people in the fantasy industry. There's because just because they're not the most fun positions to draft, but uh, Sean I know has done some articles on on ways that these these positions can in fact boost your teams up in FFPC drafts. Um, so as far as the roster construction explorer goes. Um, and just messing around with it again, you can look at, at um, different win percentages, different win rates for different builds. Uh, the roster construction explorer for these FFPC leagues that are um, featuring defensive kickers actually show that win rates are highest for teams that have both three kickers and three defenses on them, um, with 9.5% win rate for teams with three kickers and 9.7% win rate for teams with three defenses. Now we discussed in episode two of the series that when we look at the FFPC roster construction explorer, some of the ways that I prefer to preset my filters, um, before even drafting is based around, um, you know, with this in mind. So what I will look to do is I will set my filters for win rates, um, that are centered around three kickers and three defenses with the expectation in mind that I will automatically have three of each on my team. Now, if I set the roster construction Explorer filters to such, uh, our overall win rates automatically jump to 10.2%, which is a really solid start. And that's not even factoring in who we're actually drafting. So, uh, you know, we just talked a little bit ago about data and what the data shows um, I'm saying data and data. I hope no one. I hope that's not tilting anybody <laughs> for which for which one I'm using, but um, I, and I use both interchangeably. So apologies for anyone who maybe that they find that troubling. But regardless, data or data. However, you prefer to phrase it, when you set the roster construction explorer with the expectation that you're going to be drafting three kickers and three defenses, you get a win rate that automatically shows at 10.2% overall, which is a really solid start. It's a really great way to um, kind of establish a foundation on your team, up for your team. Um, just realizing that with these two simple steps, you can put yourself in a good position to win. Um, Best ball drafts are not just about the players that you take, but also the construction of your team and when you draft these players. So understanding that two simple um, construction points can be put right into the filter, three kickers, three defenses, 10.2% win rate coming back on those. Now you can start building out a team around that, knowing that you're already off to a good start in terms of, uh, proper construction for a winning lineup.
1: Yeah, and obviously, we do need to hit on some of these options. Like, if every single, uh, well, the whole defense isn't going to get cut, but if we pick three kickers and all three kickers get cut, or we pick three kickers that are in challenging spots that, you know, maybe in camp battles because we waited too long, there are situations where this can obviously not work out. But if we're looking through the data of all the teams who have drafted those three positions, it's showing those particular win rates. So we kind of need to look at what is the appropriate range to take these guys and it's the same as well i guess when we flip it back we could have mentioned this earlier with the wide receivers but if you are drafting seven wide receivers it is important to hit on those wide receivers like if they all get injured in preseason, your team's not going to do well your win rates is going to suffer but in in general over the course of time with a volume of drafts that's where these win rates then will stand to you in good effect so we look at where we should be drafting them. i touched on this a little bit a moment ago but we do want to be like just jumping in and be the first guy to to go you know and and take a justin tucker in the 10th round or or something like that we want to be like making sure we're hitting it at the right spot so don't be too early on the position is key but you know i think if you're doing these drafts enough you're going to find that there is that sweet spot where they really will start to come off the board and sometimes if you look at some of these ffpc drafts You'll see that kind of six round, six rounds, probably from around fourteen through to round twenty, where you're going to see most teams take two to three of each of those positions. Now, some of them will settle at two, some of them will settle at three, and some of them will, will have different combinations. But I think if we're if we're looking there, you can see that that's where most people are going to take these um, kickers and defenses, and you can kind of plan for that when you're taking your selections there. And um, so when we're looking at it since 2017 the filters show that only 95 teams have drafted their first kicker before the 13th round. So some people there are really uh, heavily um in favor of the kicker position, but I wonder how many kickers then they drafted overall in that league. But it's going to show that uh, it only gives you an 8.4% win rate. So when we're looking at it, it's not terrible, but it's not that strong so when we switch our filter then to have our first kicker taken before the 15th round that'll put us to a 10.5% win rate and a 10.6% win rate if we change it to before round 16 so the key is to be drafting it in that 15-16 range and then really depending on how your draft goes maybe you'll have to adjust but I find it in the the 14-15 range is where I'll probably take that first guy and just depending on if I'm at the start of the round or the end of the round that'll affect things a little bit but know that that 14 15 turn i have um uh, you know gone back to back with kickers at times so get get your get your um selections you know based on how your draft spot and your draft is playing out but also make sure that you're trying to get them in that range and when you're playing around a little bit more with the the roster construction explorer you'll see that uh, is there any other win rates that might stand out for you with your kicker two and kicker three uh, but most win rates tend to stay in that 10 to 11 range so the real key takeaway for you know to keep it simple uh, is to not be too early on that first kicker but it's worth mentioning that we don't want to wait too long for the kicker two or kicker three at that point and uh, you know what is your thoughts there with kicker two and kicker three i tend to in six round range or at at most an eight round range get those three kickers three defenses is that kind of where you're looking at most of the time if i would say i'm averaging it i would say it's probably six picks in a row kickers and defense maybe seven
2: yeah, well, I mean, first, I think we should go back to 95 teams have drafted their kicker before the 13th round. Um, knowing that he's a big kicker fan, I almost have to wonder if all 95 of those teams have been Denny Carter since 2017, because um, he loves kickers just more than anybody else. But um, to answer your question um, more seriously, Colm, I, I, I think that you're you're about spot on with that, that once you kind of start the kicker rounds and the defense rounds, for that matter. Um, yeah, you're you're probably looking to make six or seven picks of just kickers and defense, which I think is kind of why people kind of sour on drafting the positions. You just you know you've reached that spot in the draft where now you're drafting these positions, maybe guys who don't really even excite you, and you're just kind of filling out positions because you want to make sure that you are putting yourself in a position to win by taking these guys. Um, I know one of the last drafts I had done, I think it may have even been with you. Um, defenses were just flying off. I hadn't done a a, um, a classic FFPC draft in a minute, and I ended up getting stuck with like two horrible defenses. I can't remember who they were, but I didn't even get the three that I need. I did thankfully get two kickers, but I think I just kind of it had been lost on me for a minute at how quickly these runs take place. And I thought at some point in time people would slow down on taking defenses because they didn't make sense in my mind. Didn't happen that way. I ended up being stuck with two defenses who weren't great. Um, I know the Lions were one of them, but when you're when you're looking to do that, I think you're right. I, I think around those rounds, um, you know, hopefully you're getting everything taken care of in or before round 20. Um, if you're if you're starting to take players in round 14, then you kind of do set up for those, you know, six to seven picks possibly, or maybe six of your next seven picks are going to be those kickers in those defenses, just to make sure you have a proper construction as you then move into the later rounds of the draft.
1: Yeah, and it can be tricky as well, particularly if you're going for like a, a zero RB or modified zero RB approach. And we're looking through it, we're trying to decide what to do. And then we get to the fourteenth round or the fifteenth round, we start going kicker and defense. And then when it comes back across to you, there is some of the targets that are sitting there. You know, those uh, kind of zero RB candidates that you might be wanting to get on your roster. It does take a lot of restraint to click on the kicker click on the defense again but come the end of the season it's going to be what sets you apart and gets that one rate up so it can be very tough when you maybe see a, a geo bernard maybe sitting there when you see a james white and you're like oh this is too good a value at this point but getting those and particularly when there's a little other question i'll ask you zach is i tend to go for the three kickers in a row first and then three defenses because as i mentioned earlier defenses won't get cut Defenses won't miss out through injury. Obviously, we can't predict the injury of the the kicker position, but we can predict the security, I guess, of the job in a certain way. So, if you're taking some one of those top five guys, and then you're taking a guy who's in the top fifteen, if you're going back to back kickers in those rounds, you're going to have two guys that really should be starting all season long barring injury. Then you can pick up a third guy. But if you can get three kickers who are definitely you know likely to be starting all season long it's going to make sure that you have a strength at that position you're going to have those guaranteed points for people then who maybe take two guys late as i mentioned earlier to be starting zeros on those weeks even a defense like the lions i i would nearly guarantee at some point this season they're going to have a pick six or they're going to have a fumble recovered for a right. touchdown so these things happen and that's where i think it's important as well to take the place kickers before you take your dst is that the way you'd be looking at it
2: yeah I, I quickly realized um in the draft season that there's not a more lonely spot in my life than researching rookie kickers who have yet to even be drafted free agency hasn't even taken place yet and i'm stuck in an ffpc draft with like one kicker who i know is going to make the team and then i i I faded the position so hard that I've got rookies who I don't even know are going to be drafted. I don't know if they're going to make it out of camp. I don't know what's going on. But I was—I became a kicker ex, a rookie kicker expert rather quickly, uh, thanks to FFPC drafts and just you know putting names in the back of my head, trying to find out who might logically make a team. And that's a very bad position to be in. So I, I would agree with you, getting those kickers early, making sure that you have names that you recognize, guys you think are going to be secured in their jobs. Uh, I was looking at like contracts and stuff like that, even trying to figure out like who can I i logically say it's gonna be on the roster at the the, at the end of training camp which nothing's guaranteed hopefully these guys will make it but if if you get those three kickers early if you know that they're solid players then hopefully you'll be all right you definitely don't want to be waiting too long especially before the nfl draft trying to figure out what kicker what rookie kicker two rookie kickers you're going to be taking hopefully and then hoping that they're on a roster (laughs) at the at the end of training camp it's 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 not a good feeling
1: yeah, and uh, I, I had a few conversations uh, around the first few uh, baseball drafts I was doing this off season um, with Danny uh, on Twitter about certain contracts for kickers, particularly with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it was around that time that I decided let's start taking these guys around or two earlier, so we're not worrying about this in future ones and checking up contracts like you mentioned, things like that. And you know, you you do have situations where even rookie kickers, you know, things don't work for them in the preseason, they're gone. You know, things ha- things happen very quickly, so. Having those guys that are a bit more of an established name. Worst thing, they get cut. Maybe they get picked up by somebody else. So uh, that is going to kind of wrap us up, though, for the, the kickers and defenses. And I do think it uh, is something that is much, much overlooked. And I think if you're trying to see where you can get gain an edge, I think that is somewhere in those FFPC twenty-eight round leagues where you can getting yourself an edge because people are going to overlook it. Um, it's not something that's done in season-long leagues where you have to draft three defenses, three kickers, and it's something that I think a lot of people aren't really putting the research into. So that's going to do it for today's edition of the show. It is the the redo, hopefully. I think it, it might, uh, hopefully, it should be better than the uh, original take, uh, but I, I think it's come out pretty good. But uh, as always, as a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% a road of a subscription. All that you have to do is add the code Radio 2021 want to check out go to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for more information this is the road of His best best ball series my co-host for the series is zachary krueger you can follow him on twitter at zk underscore ffb to find out all the content that he's putting out at the moment lots of great best ball content coming your way from zach so do check him out on twitter my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland Of course, you can check me out as well on the Road of Biz Overtime podcast with Sean Siegel. Until we're back with another edition of the show, have a good one.
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.